Photo caption, Official Portrait of President Donald J. Trump, Friday, October 6, 2017. Official White House Photo by Sheila Craighead. HTTPS colon slash slash n dot wikipedia dot org slash wiki slash Donald underscore Trump hash slash media slash file Donald underscore Trump underscore official underscore portrait dot jpg. I spent much of tonight rereading what the president said on June 16, 2015, at his announcement that he was running for president. He painted a terrifyingly accurate picture of corruption, against which he declared his determination to fight. This is the Trump agenda, he stands against a Republican and Democratic establishment which thrives off of more of the same. In the intervening years, Trump's philosophy has gained mainstream acceptance among many, but the system which powers the swamp remains unchanged. As a result, big money continues its silent march, its narrative appearing in different ways across the landscape, as the average citizen waits and wonders whether things will ever truly change with or without a return of Trump as president. 1. China Infiltration Slash Invasion When was the last time anybody saw us beating, let's say, China in a trade deal? They kill us. I beat China all the time. All the time. 2. Mexico is fighting dirty with respect to trade and criminal gangs at the border. When do we beat Mexico at the border? They're laughing at us, at our stupidity. And now they are beating us economically. They are not our friend, believe me. But they're killing us economically. The US has become a dumping ground for everybody else's problems, when Mexico sends its people, they're not sending their best. They're not sending you. They're not sending you. They're sending people that have lots of problems, and they're bringing those problems with us. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. This last sentence has always been taken out of context, Trump was referring here to a deliberate strategy on Mexico's part to victimize the United States. 3. Terrorists are at the unprotected southern border, too, it's coming from more than Mexico. It's coming from all over South and Latin America, and it's coming probably, probably, from the Middle East. But we don't know. Because we have no protection and we have no competence, we don't know what's happening. And it's got to stop and it's got to stop fast. Islamic terrorism is eating up large portions of the Middle East. 4. Funding the enemy, they just built a hotel in Syria. Can you believe this? They built a hotel. When I have to build a hotel, I pay interest. They don't have to pay interest, because they took the oil that, when we left Iraq, I said we should have taken. So now ISIS has the oil, and what they don't have, Iran has, and we have nothing. We can't even go there. We have nothing. And every time we give Iraq equipment, the first time a bullet goes off in the air, they leave it, last week, I read 2,300 Humvees, these are big vehicles, were left behind for the enemy. 2,000? You would say maybe two, maybe four? 2,300 sophisticated vehicles, they ran, and the enemy took them. 5. Strong military, but avoid unnecessary and destabilizing wars, I said it very strongly, years ago, I said, and I love the military, and I want to have the strongest military that we've ever had, and we need it more now than ever. But I said, don't hit Iraq, because you're going to totally destabilize the Middle East. Iran is going to take over the Middle East, Iran and somebody else will get the oil and it turned out that Iran is now taking over Iraq. Think of it. Iran is taking over Iraq, and they're taking it over big league. We spent $2 trillion in Iraq, $2 trillion. We lost thousands of lives, thousands in Iraq. We have wounded soldiers, who I love, I love, they're great, all over the place, thousands and thousands of wounded soldiers. 6. The economy is tanking, people are unemployed, and China and Mexico are taking full advantage, last quarter, 
It was just announced our gross domestic product, a sign of strength, right? But not for us. It was below zero. Whoever heard of this? It's never below zero. Our labor participation rate was the worst since 1978. But think of it, GDP below zero, horrible labor participation rate. And our real unemployment is anywhere from 18 to 20%. Don't believe the 5.6. Don't believe it. That's right. A lot of people up there can't get jobs. They can't get jobs, because there are no jobs, because China has our jobs and Mexico has our jobs. They all have jobs. But the real number, the real number is anywhere from 18 to 19 and maybe even 21%, and nobody talks about it, because it's a statistic that's full of nonsense. Our enemies are getting stronger and stronger by the way, and we as a country are getting weaker. 7. Our most important weapons are outdated, even our nuclear arsenal doesn't work. It came out recently they have equipment that is 30 years old. They don't know if it worked. And I thought it was horrible when it was broadcast on television, because boy, does that send signals to Putin and all of the other people that look at us and they say, that is a group of people, and that is a nation that truly has no clue. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. 8. Democrats pretend to spend for the people, but the reality is fraud, waste and abuse, we have a disaster called the big lie, Obamacare. Obamacare. Yesterday, it came out that costs are going for people up 29, 39, 49, and even 55%, and deductibles are through the roof. You have to be hit by a tractor, literally, a tractor, to use it, because the deductibles are so high, it's virtually useless. It's virtually useless. It is a disaster. And remember the $5 billion website? $5 billion we spent on a website, and to this day it doesn't work. A $5 billion website. I have so many websites, I have them all over the place. I hire people, they do a website. It costs me $3. $5 billion website. 9. Politicians, Republican included, are smooth-talking liars in bed with the enemy. Well, you need somebody, because politicians are all talk, no action. Nothing's gonna get done. They will not bring us, believe me, to the promised land. They will not. As an example, I've been on the circuit making speeches, and I hear my fellow Republicans. And they're wonderful people. I like them. They all want me to support them. They don't know how to bring it about, and they don't know, are you running? Are you not running? Could we have your support? What do we do? How do we do it? And they don't talk jobs and they don't talk China. When was the last time you heard China is killing us? They're devaluing their currency to a level that you wouldn't believe. It makes it impossible for our companies to compete, impossible. They're killing us. But you don't hear that from anybody else. You don't hear it from anybody else. And I watch the speeches. 10. Politicians talk in platitudes which ignore what the people actually need, such as a job, I watch the speeches of these people, and they say the sun will rise, the moon will set, all sorts of wonderful things will happen. And people are saying, what's going on? I just want a job. Just get me a job. I don't need the rhetoric. I want a job. And that's what's happening. 11. Politicians, being elite, never have to suffer through the programs they inflict on the people, and it's going to get worse, because remember, Obamacare really kicks in in 16, 2016. Obama is going to be out playing golf. He might be on one of my courses. I would invite him, I actually would say. I have the best courses in the world, so I'd say, you what, if he wants to, I have one right next to the White House, right on the Potomac. If he'd like to play, that's fine. In fact, I'd love him to leave early and play, that would be a very good thing. 
but Obamacare kicks in in 2016. Really big league. It is going to be amazingly destructive. Doctors are quitting. I have a friend who's a doctor, and he said to me the other day, Donald, I never saw anything like it. I have more accountants than I have nurses. It's a disaster. My patients are beside themselves. They had a plan that was good. They have no plan now. We have to repeal Obamacare, and it can be, and, and it can be replaced with something much better for everybody. Let it be for everybody. But much better and much less expensive for people and for the government. And we can do it. 12. Politicians are owned by everyone except the people they serve, and America is going under because of it, so I've watched the politicians. I've dealt with them all my life. If you can't make a good deal with a politician, then there's something wrong with you. You're certainly not very good. And that's what we have equals representing us. They will never make America great again. They don't even have a chance. They're controlled fully, they're controlled fully by the lobbyists, by the donors, and by the special interests, fully. Yes, they control them. Hey, I have lobbyists. I have to tell you. I have lobbyists that can produce anything for me. They're great. But you know what? It won't happen. It won't happen. Because we have to stop doing things for some people, but for this country, it's destroying our country. We have to stop, and it has to stop now. 13. America needs a president who will negotiate skillfully for the benefit of the American people. Now, our country needs, our country needs a truly great leader, and we need a truly great leader now. We need a leader that wrote the art of the deal. We need a leader that can bring back our jobs, can bring back our manufacturing, can bring back our military, can take care of our vets. Our vets have been abandoned. 14. We have suffered from the burden of a president who hates us, and we also need a cheerleader. You know, when President Obama was elected, I said, well, the one thing, I think he'll do well. I think he'll be a great cheerleader for the country. I think he'd be a great spirit. He was vibrant. He was young. I really thought that he would be a great cheerleader, but he wasn't a cheerleader. He's actually a negative force. He's been a negative force. He wasn't a cheerleader, he was the opposite. 15. America needs a vibrant, positive, patriotic leader who will rebuild our tattered image. We need somebody that can take the brand of the United States and make it great again. It's not great again. We need, we need somebody, we need somebody that literally will take this country and make it great again. We can do that. 16. Trump knew that taking on the presidency would drag himself and his family through a horrible, dangerous ordeal, and, I will tell you, I love my life. I have a wonderful family. They're saying, Dad, you're going to do something that's going to be so tough. 17. A wealthy businessman can run the country well, you know, all of my life, I've heard that a truly successful person, a really, really successful person and even modestly successful cannot run for public office. Just can't happen. And yet that's the kind of mindset that you need to make this country great again. So ladies and gentlemen, I am officially running, for President of the United States, and we are going to make our country great again. It can happen. Our country has tremendous potential. We have tremendous people. 18. We must bring back the jobs, we have people that aren't working. We have people that have no incentive to work. But they're going to have incentive to work, because the greatest social program is a job. And they'll be proud, and they'll love it, and they'll make much more than they would have ever made, and they'll be, they'll be doing so well, and we're going to be thriving as a country, thriving. It can happen. I will be the greatest jobs president that God ever created. I tell you that. I'll bring back our jobs from China, from Mexico, from Japan, from so many places. 
I'll bring back our jobs, and I'll bring back our money. 19. Obama has sold us out because he is corrupt, right now, think of this, we owe China $1.3 trillion. We owe Japan more than that. So they come in, they take our jobs, they take our money, and then they loan us back the money, and we pay them in interest, and then the dollar goes up so their deal's even better. How stupid are our leaders? How stupid are these politicians to allow this to happen? How stupid are they? I'm going to tell you, thank you. I'm going to tell you a couple of stories about trade, because I'm totally against the trade bill for a number of reasons. Number one, the people negotiating don't have a clue. Our president doesn't have a clue. He's a bad negotiator. 20. Obama is loyal to the enemy, and hides his treason behind seeming incompetence, he's the one that did Bergdahl. We get Bergdahl, they get five killer terrorists that everybody wanted over there. We get Bergdahl. We get a traitor. We get a no-good traitor, and they get the five people that they wanted for years, and those people are now back on the battlefield trying to kill us. That's the negotiator we have. 21. Obama wants to obliterate Israel and cozy up to Iran. We must keep Israel safe, take a look at the deal he's making with Iran. He makes that deal, Israel maybe won't exist very long. It's a disaster, and we have to protect Israel. 22. Obama's negotiators are horse trading for favors to the detriment of the people, so we need people, I'm a free trader. But the problem with free trade is you need really talented people to negotiate for you. If you don't have talented people, if you don't have great leadership, if you don't have people that know business, not just a political hack that got the job because he made a contribution to a campaign, which is the way all jobs, just about, are gotten, free trade terrible. 23. Free trade with other nations is ideal, but not when a country's leaders are for sale to the highest bidder. Free trade can be wonderful if you have smart people, but we have people that are stupid. We have people that aren't smart. And we have people that are controlled by special interests. And it's just not going to work. 24. Our leaders are allowing China not only to cheat us financially, but also to gain a military advantage, I love China. The biggest bank in the world is from China. You know where their United States headquarters is located? In this building, in Trump Tower. I love China. People say, oh, you don't like China? No, I love them. But their leaders are much smarter than our leaders, and we can't sustain ourselves with that. There's too much, it's like, it's like take the New England Patriots and Tom Brady and have them play your high school football team. That's the difference between China's leaders and our leaders. They are ripping us. We are rebuilding China. We're rebuilding many countries. China, you go there now, roads, bridges, schools, you never saw anything like it. They have bridges that make the George Washington Bridge look like small potatoes. And they're all over the place. We have all the cards, but we don't know how to use them. We don't even know that we have the cards, because our leaders don't understand the game. We could turn off that spigot by charging them tax until they behave properly. Now they're going militarily. They're building a military island in the middle of the South China Sea. A military island. Now, our country could never do that because we'd have to get environmental clearance, and the environmentalist wouldn't let our country, we would never build in an ocean. They built it in about one year, this massive military port. They're building up their military to a point that is very scary. You have a problem with ISIS. You have a bigger problem with China. 25. Mexico is a close runner-up to China in terms of gaining an advantage they should not have over us, and, in my opinion, the new China, believe it or not, in terms of trade, is Mexico, so Mexico takes a company, a car company that was going to build in Tennessee, rips it out. Everybody thought the deal was dead. Reported it in the Wall Street Journal recently. 
everybody thought it was a done deal. It's going in and that's going to be it, going into Tennessee. Great state, great people. All of a sudden, at the last moment, this big car manufacturer, foreign, announces they're not going to Tennessee. They're gonna spend their $1 billion in Mexico instead. Not good. Now, Ford announces a few weeks ago that Ford is going to build a $2.5 billion car and truck and parts manufacturing plant in Mexico. $2.5 billion, it's going to be one of the largest in the world. Ford. Good company, I would call up the head of Ford, who I know. If I was president, I'd say, congratulations. I understand that you're building a nice $2.5 billion car factory in Mexico and that you're going to take your cars and sell them to the United States zero tax, just flow them across the border, I would say, congratulations. That's the good news. Let me give you the bad news. Every car and every truck and every part manufactured in this plant that comes across the border, we're going to charge you a 35% tax, and that tax is going to be paid simultaneously with the transaction, and that's it. 26. Most politicians cave to threats or blackmail, now, here's what is going to happen. If it's not me in the position, it's one of these politicians that we're running against, you know, the 400 people that we're, inaudible. And here's what's going to happen. They're not so stupid. They know it's not a good thing, and they may even be upset by it. But then they're going to get a call from the donors or probably from the lobbyist for Ford and say, you can't do that to Ford, because Ford takes care of me and I take care of you, and you can't do that to Ford. And guess what? No problem. They're going to build in Mexico. They're going to take away thousands of jobs. It's very bad for us. So under President Trump, here's what would happen. The head of Ford will call me back, I would say within an hour after I told them the bad news. But it could be he'd want to be cool, and he'll wait until the next day. You know, they want to be a little cool. And he'll say, please, please, please. He'll beg for a little while, and I'll say, no interest. Then he'll call all sorts of political people, and I'll say, sorry, fellas. No interest, because I don't need anybody's money. 27. Everyone else is so owned that Trump's independence overthrows the system. It's nice. I don't need anybody's money. I'm using my own money. I'm not using the lobbyists. I'm not using donors. I don't care. I'm really rich, that's the kind of mindset, that's the kind of thinking you need for this country. 28. Strength comes through wealth not debt, so, because we got to make the country rich. It sounds crass. Somebody said, oh, that's crass. It's not crass. We got 18 trillion dollars in debt. We got nothing but problems. We got a military that needs equipment all over the place. We got nuclear weapons that are obsolete. We've got nothing. We've got social security that's going to be destroyed if somebody like me doesn't bring money into the country. All these other people want to cut the hell out of it. I'm not going to cut it at all. I'm going to bring money in, and we're going to save it. 29. When you stand up to the special interests, eventually they back down, but here's what's going to happen. After I'm called by 30 friends of mine who contributed to different campaigns, after I'm called by all of the special interests and by the, the donors and by the lobbyists, and they have zero chance at convincing me, zero, I'll get a call the next day from the head of Ford. He'll say. Please reconsider, I'll say no. He'll say, Mr. President, We've decided to move the plant back to the United States, and we're not going to build it in Mexico. That's it. They have no choice. They have no choice. There are hundreds of things like that. 30. Politicians can't answer a simple question because they either don't know the answer, perhaps intentionally, Bush, from a CIA family, will disassociate, or can't be honest, but all of these politicians that I'm running against now, they're trying to disassociate. I mean, 
You looked at Bush, it took him five days to answer the question on Iraq. He couldn't answer the question. He didn't know. I said, is he intelligent? Then I looked at Rubio. He was unable to answer the question, is Iraq a good thing or bad thing? He didn't know. He couldn't answer the question. How are these people gonna lead us? How are we gonna, how are we gonna go back and make it great again? We can't. They don't have a clue. They can't lead us. They can't. They can't even answer simple questions. It was terrible. 31. Niceness is no help when you're being sold out by traitors. Somebody said to me the other day, a reporter, a very nice reporter, but, Mr. Trump, you're not a nice person. But actually I am. I think I am a nice person. People that know me, like me, so the reporter said to me the other day, but, Mr. Trump, you're not a nice person. How can you get people to vote for you? I said, I don't know. I said, I think that number one, I am a nice person. I give a lot of money away to charities and other things. I think I'm actually a very nice person. But, I said, this is going to be an election that's based on competence, because people are tired of these nice people. And they're tired of being ripped off by everybody in the world. And they're tired of spending more money on education than any nation in the world per capita, than any nation in the world, and we are 26th in the world, 25 countries are better than us in education. And some of them are like third world countries. 32. Trump only trusts his family, does my family like me? I think so, right. Look at my family. I'm proud of my family. By the way, speaking of my family, Melania, Baron, Kai, Donnie, Don, Vanessa, Tiffany, Ivanka did a great job. Did she do a great job? Great. Jared, Laura and Eric, I'm very proud of my family. They're a great family. 33. Incompetent, immoral people are destroying our country, I'm doing that, running for the presidency, to say that that's the kind of thinking our country needs. We need that thinking. We have the opposite thinking. We have losers. We have losers. We have people that don't have it. We have people that are morally corrupt. We have people that are selling this country down the drain. 34. Left unchecked, the debt will destroy the country, so I put together this statement, and the only reason I'm telling you about it today is because we really do have to get going, because if we have another 3 or 4 years, you know, we're at 8 trillion dollars now. We're soon going to be at 20 trillion dollars. According to the economists, who I'm not big believers in, but, nevertheless, this is what they're saying, that 24 trillion dollars, we're very close, that's the point of no return. 24 trillion dollars. We will be there soon. That's when we become Greece. That's when we become a country that's unsalvageable. And we're gonna be there very soon. We're gonna be there very soon. 35. Defensible borders require a physical wall. I would build a great wall, and nobody builds walls better than me, believe me, and I'll build them very inexpensively, I will build a great, great wall on our southern border and I will have Mexico pay for that wall. 36. Our enemies must be defeated, nobody would be tougher on ISIS than Donald Trump. Nobody. 37. Our military must be truly strong, with great leadership, I will find, within our military, I will find the General Patton or I will find General MacArthur, I will find the right guy. I will find the guy that's going to take that military and make it really work. Nobody, nobody will be pushing us around. 38. Iran must not be permitted to get nukes, nor will be represented at the table with them by fools, I will stop Iran from getting nuclear weapons. And we won't be using a man like Secretary Kerry that has absolutely no concept of negotiation, who's making a horrible and laughable deal, who's just being tapped along as they make weapons right now, 
and then goes into a bicycle race at 72 years old, and falls and breaks his leg. I won't be doing that. And I promise I will never be in a bicycle race. That I can tell you. 39. We must terminate illegal actions by President Obama, especially when they threaten our national security. I will immediately terminate President Obama's illegal executive order on immigration, immediately. 40. The Second Amendment must be protected, fully support and back up the Second Amendment. Now, it's very interesting. Today I heard it. Through stupidity, in a very, very hardcore prison, interestingly named Clinton, two vicious murderers, two vicious people escaped, and nobody knows where they are. And a woman was on television this morning, and she said, you know, Mr. Trump, and she was telling other people, and I actually called her, and she said, you know, Mr. Trump, I always was against guns. I didn't want guns. And now since this happened, it's up in the prison area, my husband and I are finally in agreement, because he wanted the guns. We now have a gun on every table. We're ready to start shooting. I said, very interesting. So protect the Second Amendment. 41. Federal overreach in the education system must end, and, and Common Core. Common Core should, it is a disaster. Bush is totally in favor of Common Core. I don't see how he can possibly get the nomination. He's weak on immigration. He's in favor of Common Core. How the hell can you vote for this guy? You just can't do it. We have to end, education has to be local. 42. Our infrastructure must be modernized, but we're becoming a third word country, because of our infrastructure, our airports, our roads, everything, rebuild the country's infrastructure. Nobody can do that like me. Believe me. It will be done on time, on budget, way below cost, way below what anyone ever thought. I look at the roads being built all over the country, and I say I can build those things for one-third. What they do is unbelievable, how bad. So we have to rebuild our infrastructure, our bridges, our roadways, our airports. You come into LaGuardia Airport, it's like we're in a third-world country. You look at the patches and the 40-year-old floor. They throw down asphalt, and they throw. You look at these airports, we are like a third-world country. And I come in from China and I come in from Qatar and I come in from different places, and they have the most incredible airports in the world. You come to back to this country and you have LAX disaster. You have all of these disastrous airports. We have to rebuild our infrastructure. 43. Eliminate fraud to protect the social safety net, save Medicare, Medicaid and Social Security without cuts. Have to do it. Get rid of the fraud. Get rid of the waste and abuse, but save it. People have been paying it for years. And now many of these candidates want to cut it. You save it by making the United States, by making us rich again, by taking back all of the money that's being lost. Renegotiate our foreign trade deals. Reduce our $18 trillion in debt, because, believe me, we're in a bubble. We have artificially low interest rates. We have a stock market that, frankly, has been good to me, but I still hate to see what's happening. We have a stock market that is so bloated. Be careful of a bubble because what you've seen in the past might be small potatoes compared to what happens. So be very, very careful. And strengthen our military and take care of our vets. So, so important. 44. Revive the vision and the reality of American greatness. Sadly, the American dream is dead. But if I get elected president I will bring it back bigger and better and stronger than ever before, and we will make America great again. Source, https colon slash slash www.washingtonpost.com slash new slash postpolitics slash wp slash 2015 slash 06 slash 16 slash full text Donald Trump announces a presidential bid slash. Archive link, 
https colon slash slash archive.ph slash murd1. By Dr. Danielle Blumenthal, Dossie. All opinions are the author's own. Public domain.